Welcome to the Reefers Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Shriver. Today, we've got a special guest for you. Dr. David Kim is the president of the University of Valley Forge. He's going to share some of his incredible journey from growing up in Ghana, West Africa, to living all across the United States and Latin America. Dr. Kim is going to dig into one of the most commonly shared passages of Scripture to explain the unfortunate truth that Christians keep explaining it wrong. Let's get started today. Here's Dr. Kim. Good morning. I know you're expecting somebody older, correct? I agree with you. Why, thank you. Uh, just kidding. Uh, Pastor Nicole, thank you so much for allowing me to be here. Um, I could definitely see the hand of God upon your life. And uh, there's a lot of wonderful um, things said about you all over the place. So I came here to verify if it's true. Um, but so far, so good. Uh, but uh, you have a wonderful church, wonderful team, and uh, it's just an honor and privilege to be here. I just never thought in my life that I would be at Erie, Pennsylvania. I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, I'm supposed to be in Latin America right now somewhere, and, uh, and here I am. And, uh, you know, God just does interesting things with our lives sometimes. Amen. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to sharing uh, this word with you. So let's uh, jump to our word, and then we'll, we'll begin, okay? So let's turn our Bibles to Romans chapter 8. We're going to read from verse 28 to verse 13. There's a lot of familiar text. If, you've, uh, if you grew up in the church, there's a lot of uh, text in here, uh, in this block of Scripture that may be very familiar with you. Um, don't jump to conclusions yet about what those things mean, because I'm going to try and unpack this for us this morning. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 28 to verse 39. It's, it's long, but I want to read the entire uh, text here. It says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own Son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered? No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be uh, able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Let's pray. 
Um, it's such a wonderful text that I could just walk off now and send you your way. But uh, I've, I came a long way. I think I need to preach. Okay, so let's pray. <laughs> Lord, we, uh, we are so grateful um, for this church. Lord, I pray for just outpouring of your spirit upon this church. Use this church to be your light, to make disciples. Lord, Lord, bless Pastor Nicole and just anoint her life and use her mightily for your kingdom. Lord, I pray that this morning we are here to hear from you. So speak to our hearts. Teach us of your ways that we would not leave this place the same way we came. I'm not worthy to stand here, but I pray that your spirit would operate and make your words come alive in our hearts. We love you, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As uh, Pastor Nicole uh, introduced me in the sense that um, I did not grow up in places that you would think I did looking at me. So I actually grew up in Ghana, West Africa as a missionary's kid. So can you imagine that? Uh, Asian kid growing up in Ghana, West Africa. Uh, I, uh, I had an African English accent growing up. So if you don't know what that is, just look it up on YouTube, okay? <laughs> uh, so from Ghana, West Africa, um, my parents decided to, uh, the Lord led them to continue their missions work in the Dominican Republic, and so uh, immigrated us to the United States. And of all the places we could have gone, um, God moved us to northern New Jersey in an all-Italian town. Now, you got to understand something about this Italian town. It's not your second, third generation, fourth generation Italians. These were like, they just came to the U.S. Okay, so um, can you imagine an uh, Asian kid, grew up in Africa, accent, all Italian town. You, you do the math, okay? It, it just was not a pleasant experience, okay? From there, my parents uh, were called to do church planting in the U.S., and so we moved all the way out to Washington State, not D.C., State. So we went from New Jersey to the Pacific Northwest. And uh, I went to high school there, and uh, you would think that, you know, my parents were just too good at what they did. I mean, the, ev everywhere they went, the church plant, they planted, it's, it went well. Uh, they're church planters, they're missionaries, so it's time for them to move. And so after I graduated from high school, they decided to plant a church in Connecticut. <laughs> okay, so we just love coast to coast. I mean, I said, God, there are lost people in between. Like, why has, why has it got to be like coast to coast all the time? And uh, so I moved, uh, we moved to the East Coast, and that's when I um, found Valley Forge, and uh, I went to school there. I graduated there in 19, yeah, um, anyway, and, uh, and, and from there, the Lord uh, led, uh, you know, my life to New York City, eventually um, working for a church that grew a kind of a global wing where we were building schools in Latin America. And so I spent uh, about 10 to 13 years of my early um, professional or career, if you were to say, life uh, going back and forth from Latin America building schools and, uh, and did some pastoral work in New York. Uh, eventually, we moved our entire family to Ecuador uh, to do 
other things like cacao exportation. Don't ask. Okay, so so I'm so you're like okay, David. So Africa, okay, coast to coast, Latin America, Nicaragua, Ecuador. Like, what's going on here? Um, I planned every aspect of my life. You know what I mean? Like, I decided to be born to a missionary family, living in a, I decided to move to an Italian town. I decided to, like, how many of you know that um, life doesn't always work out the way that you had imagined or planned? Amen? Uh, I'm supposed to be literally in Ecuador, but here I am, leading a college. Go figure, okay? Um, only God can do that, but, but the reality is that no matter what happens in life, and I love the word Katie gave, um, even your negative experiences, everything that, gone, that, that you experience through life, God is always working, always working. Um, God is always moving and working in our lives. Now, I will tell you this, though. When you look at a scripture like this that we read this morning said, that says, God works all things for the good of those who are called according to, who love him, who are called according to his purpose, sometimes I wonder, like when I read scripture like this, like, look, moving to an all Italian, there's nothing, look, Italian people are beautiful. I'm just saying I was just not fitting in, okay? It had nothing to do with them. It was just me. Um, so the question is, why is that good, okay? Um, to be one of two kids in all white high school, I still had residue of African accent. So you can imagine what I had to go through in high school. I'm looking at God, and I look at scriptures like this and go, I'm not sure if it's all good. I mean, how many of you know, you look at, you look at your life, and you go, I'm, I just can't imagine this being good. And so when the Bible says something like that, and it's inconsistent with our understanding of things, including our current state, this COVID thing, right? Why? Oh, I have so many questions for the Lord, okay? Is this good? I mean, like, you look at the church. Look, we, we had to change the way we do church. I mean, there's so many things that we had to figure out. Um, even in your own life, I'm sure there's some of you who are struggling with employment. Some of you who are struggling with many different, maybe some of you have family members who actually had COVID. I have friends who passed away uh, because of COVID. And so this is, so whenever these things happen, and I'm thinking to myself, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I'm just wondering, really, Lord? <laughs> okay, what's going on? And I'm going to share a little bit about my story today as well. And I'm just, sometimes you just, you just don't know um, or have understanding of just really grasping theologically what this means. But um, like all of scripture, it's very important for us not to take specific scriptures, specific words, take it out and make it fit into our own framework. Um, that's really bad. But we do this all the time today, and it really concerns me, okay? So whenever you're reading scripture, you always want to read it in context, okay? So Paul has a flow of thought. Okay, and so if you just take out his words, how many of you don't like it when people misquote you, right? How many of you don't like it? You know what I mean? Like, it, I don't know why, but maybe it's 
church thing, but it happens in church all the time. Pastors said this, deacons said this, the worship leaders said this, and I'm like, yeah, I said that, but not like that. <laughs> okay, um, I, you know, it really is upsetting when people do that, right? I can only imagine the Apostle Paul. Uh, this scripture being quoted left and right. I can imagine God. Okay, God's like, I didn't say that. Okay, like, what are you guys doing? I didn't say every circumstance will work out for you. I mean, like, I actually said there will be many troubles, okay, in this world. This is a broken world. Like, I didn't say that. But yet, you keep on saying that if you love me enough, that everything will work out for you. I did not say that. Okay, so what does it mean here, right? So let's, let's unpack this for a little bit. So verse 28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Verse 29 says, For, oh, there's more to that. <laughs> okay, um, for, anytime you see therefore, because, for, anything like that, it's, it's meant to be read in flow. Okay, and so it says, for, what does it say? Those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. I know Assemblies of God churches don't like to read this text because um, it says predestination many times. But um, that's really actually not what this is talking about. How many of you know that God has a plan for your life? That God foreknew, he preordained your life that he desires to do what? Conform you into the image of the Son. Amen. Okay, so what does this conform mean? It's actually, uh, the Greek word is, by the way, I, I'm not fluent in Greek, nor, neither am I a Greek scholar, although I work, I'm not pretending. Okay, I, I got taught this. Okay, so, okay, the morphe, the word morphe is is where we get the word metamorphosis. It's the idea of being transformed, conformed from the inside out, your entire being, utterly changed from what it used to be. It's the kind of idea of a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. Okay, how many of you love HGTV? Okay, confess your sins of your addictions here at the church. There will be an altar call for HGTV deliverance of house remodeling show. You know what I'm talking about? How many of you love Joanna Gaines? Magnolia, my wife, oh my God. If you, uh, by the way, she stopped. She had to actually get deliverance at the altar from Magnolia. But, um, but if you don't know what, who Joanna Gaines is, don't start now. Don't Google when you go home, okay? It's like, a, it's like a vortex. If you just enter it, you can never get out, okay? But how many of you know that those, how many of you watched those house remodeling shows before, okay? I don't know why you keep watching it, because it's the same story. Open kitchen flange, you know, open, open, open the walls. It never changes, like, you know what I mean? Open floor, you guys know what I'm talking about? It's the same thing over and over again, okay? They're gonna open the kitchen floor plan. <laughs> like, there's, there's no surprises, okay? When they go into a house, they're going to open it, okay? And that's the end of the story, okay? So I don't know why we keep on watching this stuff, okay? But anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend. I, I just, I'm, I need healing, okay? I've, I've had too many of those 
You know what I mean? Like, too, I watch too many of those. And, uh, but, you know, but occasionally, there's house remodeling shows where they're not just taking down some walls, uh, you know, removing some walls and painting and putting new furniture. Occasionally, they go to a home where they have to take the entire foundation out and redo the house. How many of you know what I'm talking about, right? This conform is not tweaking some things of your life, removing some walls, painting. This is actually utterly demolishing the very foundation that your house is built on, completely destroying that house, and then rebuilding your house upon the rock, Jesus Christ. A new house he wants to build through your life so that he can use your life for the kingdom of God. And in order to do this, he's going to conform your life you're being into the image of the Son. Can you believe it? He not only saves us, he wants to transform us. And guess what? To transform us into the image of the Son so that he can use, he's going to use the ingredients of life. God works all things for the good. What is that good? To conform you into the image of the Son. So if it's to conform us into the image of the Son... I'm going to have a different perspective when ugliness of life roars its head. I'm going to understand that God is in control, that in death and in life, that God's watching over my life. I had no idea that in my life that I would experience so much difficulty. I, I really didn't. And uh, I've already eaten up a lot of my time. Um, you know, Pastor Nicole, you said feel free, okay? But as you said that, you had this worried look in your eyes. If you, didn't think, if you didn't think that I caught that, okay? My number one spiritual gift is discernment, okay? So she was saying, feel free, but not really, okay? <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna behave, but I'm gonna need just a couple of more minutes, okay? If that's okay with you, is that okay? Is that okay? And uh, thank you. If, and if you need to leave, you won't offend me, and you'll know why at the end of the sermon. Okay? <laughs> okay, but here's the thing. Um, uh, here's the thing about I just had no idea that my life would be so tumultuous. You know, I grew up as a missionary's kid, and so I ju I'm just, like, churched out, you know. And when I came to Valley Forge, they had this thing, chapel every day. I hated chapel. I'm like, I've heard millions of sermons, sang millions of hymns. I don't need more chapel in my life, okay? And uh, I didn't want to go. But one day, I didn't know this, but one day, the Lord touched me in chapel my sophomore year, um, and I was literally crying for five hours because uh, I had no idea from moving from place to place. I just had this deep void of wanting to belong in my life, and and the Lord just touched my heart and just reminded me that he knows me, he knows who I am, that he's always been with me, that he loves me. And I just broke down and I just couldn't, for the first time in my life, I encountered the beauty and the love of Jesus in my life. You would think that after that encounter, I was thinking theologically, my God, now I'm going to conquer the world for Jesus, Okay, <laughs> surrender my life, and everything is going to you know, faith can move mountains, right? So I'm going to move every mountain that is before me, and I'm going to, God is going to be with me. And let me tell you, just a couple of years later, my father was diagnosed with leukemia. And eight years he suffered. Eight years from the time. And uh, I was like, Lord, I just had an encounter with you. 
I dedicated and surrendered my life to you. What in the world? And you got to remember my dad, right? Almost 40 years. Look, of all the mission, I've seen a lot of missionaries. I've never met one like my dad, sleeping on the ground, never owned a thing. I, he is the epitome of what a missionary is to me. And I have seen the sacrifice. I have seen the surrender. I have seen the dedication. I have seen the faithfulness. And I have seen and watched the faithfulness of God in the midst of it. But I said to God, why this? Why now? And you got to understand that I was part of a pretty large organization. And so I saw a lot of sick people. We had a couple of funerals every week. Our people, it was a massive church. And so we, I was at a lot of hospital visits. So I've seen a lot of gruesome death. I've seen a lot of hurts. And I'm telling you, I'm just from my personal experience. I'm not, I'm, there's, I'm sure there's more. But just from my own personal, I have never seen somebody suffer until this day like the way my dad suffered. And he passed away at age 58 from leukemia. And I, the tears shed during those times. I'm asking, God works all things for the good. And I'm just thinking, what in the world is going on? Um, surely in the midst of that, our second daughter was born. And, uh, and she was diagnosed with Rolandic epilepsy. Okay. We couldn't sleep for several years. She would fall asleep and she would go into seizure. So my wife did not sleep for the first few of her years of her life. And as soon as she falls asleep, she would go into seizure. And sometimes I, I remember being in the ambulance one time when she wouldn't come out of it, holding her head. And I just, I'm just talking about it now, but you know when you're going through it, you know, I ask questions like, God, are you for real? <laughs> like, are you here? Are you, do you even exist? What is going on here? Okay, I've asked those questions. If that's not enough, okay, um, I had my own issue. I, I, t I moved my entire family to Ecuador. And uh, as business as missions, I was exporting cacao beans. And uh, I was coming home after two years. Um, my entire family was in Ecuador. And uh, coming back from a farm, an oncoming traffic swerved into our lane. My driver swung right and hit the only tree for 50 miles on the side of the... You would have to, with precision, surgical, like at the right time, jerk right, to hit the only tree, a massive tree, and our pickup truck wrapped around it and destroyed the, the right side of my face. Completely. And so you're like, hey, you look fine now. No, it's not. Um, I lost my right eye at the accident, and I have three screws. I had to have three major surgeries. Uh, this is 2013, January 7th. Okay, seven years ago now, almost eight years. And uh, I have acrylic eye, so it doesn't quite move. Okay, um, so... So when people quote the scriptures like this and just spit it in my face, I spit it back. <laughs> and I go, that's actually not what it's talking about, okay? That how many of you know that we live in a broken world? When sin entered the universe through Adam, the world broke. And as long as we're living on this earth in this time, we're going to experience a lot of trouble. This is not our home. 
Are you with me? So if you're constantly looking for scripture, how to better your life here, it's not found in scripture. Okay, this scripture is for the kingdom of God is to come. A renewal of the heavens and the earth where we will spend eternity with Christ. So we, li- we are born into a broken world, and God has a plan for you and for me to be the instruments of his hands, to be a part of the mission of God, the missio day, to redeem the lost to himself and to make disciples. And in order for him to do that, God is going to allow all kinds of things to reveal his glory and beauty in the midst of trouble. Amen? I know some of you aren't convinced. Is this okay? <laughs> okay um, that's okay. okay. I wasn't either for a long time. But that's what God wants to do in and through your life. That this is, we are just passing through. I know I don't have time. Can I just say this one thing? This is just a side, sidebar comment. This is, I'm learning from the young people. Sidebar comment. What the heck is sidebar comment? Okay, it's a... Okay, this is the story. Let's just make a side comment, okay? You know, stories like, like Golden Streets, Pearly Gates, Mansions, right? I'm sorry, I'm going to bust your bubble, okay? It's, it's kind of like Santa Claus isn't real, okay? Oh, I'm sorry, is there a kid in here? Okay, I'm sorry. Um, okay, it's kind of like this. Why is, golden, why is the streets paved with gold? You would never pave street with valuable things. In heaven, what are temporarily valuable that we've made is no longer going to be valuable in heaven. There's a transformation of values. Why is gold gold ever going to matter in heaven where there is the perfect dwelling presence of God? And so it's not that, hey, we're looking for the best of the earth over there if we can't get it here. No. God, don't you think that God knows what is eternally important, what really should be our treasure versus none? So everything that's temporary, it's so God uses to transform you. Our physical health, this is temporary. You know, when my dad died, he... His last words were, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. That's the last words after eight years of suffering. That's the last words that I heard when he spoke. Why? Because he was worried for me. Because he's going to be with Jesus. He's worried about me here on earth living on this broken world because it's tumultuous. Are you with me? So we can trust God that God is working in and through our lives. Amen? But I don't want you to trust God on the basis of my words. I want you to trust God on the basis of his word. And so if you look at this text, let's look at it real quick. And so I'm not going to tell you here, trust God with when you're suffering, when you're experiencing famine, persecution, danger. Trust God. That's not what I'm saying to you. Paul actually has a reason for his trust. And so here's what it says in verse 32. It says, verse 32, he says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. I'm going to say that again. He who did not 
spare his own son. So when difficult times come, when my child is having a seizure and not coming out, is she going to get brain damage or is she going to die? What is, in those moments, on what basis do I trust my king? Verse 32 is kind of like Muhammad Ali. How many of you know Ali? Okay, it's like jab, jab, jab. He's setting up, and verse 32 is the hook. Okay, God works all things for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. He's conforming you to the image of the Son. Nothing can separate you from the love. Here's why. God did not spare his own son. I have a son, okay? Um, I, have four, uh, uh, I have four kids. Our oldest is 20. Our second is 18. Our third is 16. Okay, eight is my fourth one. Sometimes I get confused. But, um, um, you know, our, our fourth was a surprise baby to us, not to God, amen? He was born in Ecuador, Okay, so he has his dual citizen, his Ecuadorian passport, American passport. He is the center of the universe in our lives. Think about three teenage sisters, older. You, you know what I'm talking about? And my wife adores him. And so do I, because it's not just that we got a surprise baby. It's just that he's just a funny character. We're... Our home is very boring. My daughters are boring. My wife is boring. I'm boring. We're just the most boring family in the world. I mean, we would just be fine by ourselves, watching TV, reading. It's okay. Not my son. I, we think it's because my wife was drinking Ecuadorian water uh, while she was pregnant. You know what I mean? Like, he dances everywhere. If he sees you, he's like dancing. You know, in my inauguration, a very solemn and very serious moment in my inauguration as becoming president, he was dabbing in front of the camera, uh, literally while they were praying for me. Like, he snuck out, like, literally in this position, looking at the camera, dabbing. And the whole world was seeing it. It's the craziest thing. As soon as music comes on, he's dancing. He's dancing. It's crazy. Like... An hour, it doesn't matter. He's never, he's just always happy. We adore him. When he gets hurt, oh my gosh. We have three girls, mom, everything breaks loose. Oh, Eli, oh my God, what happened? And my son usually rises from the pile going, Dad, it's only a scratch. They're being dramatic again. <laughs> okay, <laughs> how many of you know what I'm talking about, right? Hey, but even a little scratch really bothers us and hurts us, right? And by the way, my son really does think he's Ecuadorian. If you ask him, what are you? He's a very proud Ecuadorian. <laughs> very proud. But uh, how many of you know what I'm talking about? Where How many of you have kids? You're like overprotective parents here, okay? If Look, I have some friends. Pastor Nicole, I mean, I like you. Your husband, Joel, is wonderful. But if you say, hey, I'm about to get a scratch from a staple. Hey, can Eli step in for me? Okay, I'd be like, no way. Are you serious? No way, right? That's how we feel, right? Those of you who have parents who have kids, is that correct? But what does it say here in this scripture? God did not spare his own son for what? Okay, I want to make this clear, okay, which is this. That have you seen like um, sexual predators in documentaries or just uh, like sex trafficking 
um, predators and things like that. How many of you, like, when you see, like, especially with little children, when I see that, I think jail is too comfortable for them. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want to torture them for the rest of their lives. I feel this anger and this wrath for people who are hurting innocent kids. Is that correct? But it's not just that. All over the world today, gang members take out the eyes of children so they can exploit, exploit them as they beg for money. Um, you might say, well, that's just a foreign thing. Here in the US, there's all kinds of injustice and all kinds of brokenness all over the place. But you don't even have to look there. What about your own life? Okay, um, Your thoughts. Your desires. If you put my past failures up on the screen, I can't stand here. I wouldn't be able to even come to church. Like, like you, even the thought, God sees all of it. If, imagine this. If I feel the anger and the wrath for injustice being an unholy, broken person, but for a God who sees everything, imagine the injustice of this world, Right? And all of that, the wrath for that, can you imagine that if I feel anger for the things that I see? Can you, I can't fathom that wrath. But you know what the Bible says in, in Isaiah 53, that Jesus took on our iniquities. Jesus became sin for us, according to scripture. So it isn't just a physical death that Jesus was sweating blood at the Gethsemane while he was praying and saying, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. He wasn't thinking about just a physical death. He was thinking about the wrath of God that's to come upon him that he's supposed to take on this wrath and receive the punishment for sin that we deserve. What kind of of God would send his only son. And I, I'm an imperfect person. I know my love for my son. I can't fathom the perfect love that the father has for the son. And when the scripture says God did not spare his own son and Jesus went to the cross and took the wrath of God for me, when I'm supposed to be there taking that, why would I just, I'm speechless often. What kind of a God would do this? God did not spare his own son, and, but gave him up for who? For you and for me. I want you to know that... Um, even now as I'm saying it, it just doesn't make sense. This is why the Holy Spirit's role is so important. That the Spirit of God is the only one who can manifest this truth into your heart and make it come alive. See, when you know that the God of the universe laid down his life for you, you can trust him. When he took the wrath of God for you and you're going through whatever you're going through, you can trust him because he laid down his life for you. And if he laid down his life for you, how will he not also know what you need? And sometimes what we need is not comfort. 
Sometimes what we need is discomfort in the midst of pain in order to transform us into the image of the Son because God is more interested in transforming you into the image of Son in preparation for eternity, but also to use you for his kingdom here. And so I'm just telling you right now, my wife looks at me and goes, you come a long way. You go, what do you mean? Because, well... I knew you when you were 19, <laughs> okay? Like, <laughs> you come a long way. And I'm like, how did that happen? Well, I've been in the hands of God through the ups and downs. We have eternity to look forward to. I'm not looking to make a permanent home here. So whatever God allows me to go through here, I'm going to glorify him. I'm going to honor him. I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. If he laid down his life for me on that cross to take on my wrath, my God, surely I will lay down my life for him because he laid down his life for me. So if I die, I will praise the Lord. If I live, I will praise the Lord. If I'm in health, I will praise the Lord. If I'm ill, I will praise the Lord. For I know that death has lost its sting. Because of what Jesus has done for me. Would you stand with me at this time? I'm going to ask the worship team to come back. So I want you to bow your heads for a moment. And um, if you have never um, encountered Jesus and his love for you in this way, I really encourage you in this moment to say, Jesus, come into my heart. If you laid my, your life down for me, I want to lay down my life for you. So right now, if everybody's heads would be bowed, and I want you to open your hands in front of you, and just, I want you to just begin to talk to God in your own language to say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. And those of you, I know some of you are going through many difficult trials in your life right now could you just say to God Lord I don't know what's happening but I trust you if God did not spare his own son I can trust him what then shall we say in response to these things if God is for us who can be against us Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine, nakedness or danger or sword? If God did not spare his own son, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, if God did not spare his own son, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor height or death, if God did not spare his own son, anything else and everything in creation, nothing, nothing will be able to separate us from his love. So would you just say, Lord, I love you this morning because you first loved me. Let's just make this a house of prayer just for a moment. Jesus. Oh, Jesus, we love you. We love you because you loved us. Jesus, we can endure because you endured. Jesus, we can suffer because you suffered for me. Oh, Lord, I want to be faithful to you because you've been faithful to me. 
Oh, Jesus, all over this room, touch their lives today. Touch their lives today, Lord. Touch their lives. Oh, Holy Spirit, come and reveal the beauty of Christ into their hearts. Oh, what that cross represents. Oh, the cross. Oh, the beauty of the cross. Oh, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Lord, in life and in death, I will praise you. I will sing of your goodness. Oh, Jesus, come. We trust your plan. We trust your plan, Lord God. We trust that you are the author and perfecter of our faith, that no matter what we're going through, that you are not a distant God who's abandoned us, but rather you are working in and through everything we're going through. We thank you that you never leave us or forsake us. I want to sing this song together. So you sang it beautifully this morning, How Great Thou Art. I want us to sing that entirety if, we, if it's okay. And um, let's just sing this and sing of his greatness right now, okay? Jesus.
Jesus, I pray that we could understand how deep and wide and great is your love today. Father, would you hold us this week? Lord, we pray we could know you better and know you more and that we could be different, Lord, that you would change us. And God, it's in your strong and amazing name I pray today. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Erie Force Podcast. If you like this podcast, please give us a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends. You can find all our series videos and podcasts at eriefirst.org, along with all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.